we're going to get into the Word this morning. Who's ready for the Word? I reckon if you're online, why don't you comment that now? So good to see Justine, Lisa, Lisa, Renee. Good to see you this morning. So many of you joining in. You know, wherever you are, God is going to speak to you. So in amongst the chaos and the mess of the week, days and nights and everything going on, you know, uh, I've been seeking God on what to share this morning. And um, it's funny, it all began actually with a, um, with a bit of a phrase that came to mind, okay? And um, it's an interesting one because it's actually not from the Bible, but you will see very soon how it relates to something Jesus said about us, especially when we think about this vision season of let's go and what it looks like in this transitional shifting season to go out and be active in our faith as things open up. But anyway, the statement is this, and it's actually an advertising fundamental. So, you know, we're talking about spiritual truths, and maybe this is a, uh, a business truth that might help some this morning. And the statement is this, the medium is the message. The medium is the message. So many of you know that I worked in advertising before ministry became the main thing. I've always been involved. There's always been a call of God to serve. And, you know, sometimes in some seasons, that's going to look like the side thing as you balance that with work and family. And in some cases with the calling, ministry becomes the main thing. But in, in that season, uh, where I was working in advertising, a core thought that was important to everything we did was this, that the medium is the message. So what does that mean? The message is the content. It's the information we want to communicate, right? And the medium is the form or the method that we do that. Now, you'll probably understand this even from an art point of view that you've got a medium. Are we going to paint it on a canvas? Is it a sculpture? What is it? And what is the message that we're communicating? And um, I don't know if it quite works with the camera, Mal, you're behind there, but can we see this? Yeah, awesome. So even as an example, we've got um, this art that we actually did a couple of years ago to speak the season that we were moving into. And we've been experiencing this over the last two years where it says, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, even though over the last couple of years, it, for some, it's really felt like a wilderness experience. You know, God is in the business of salvation and bringing us forward and you know, sometimes in the natural, a bit like now, as we can't be in the building, things might look crazy or chaotic, but God is doing something. And he asks us to look at it with faith, with the eyes of faith to behold it. And so that's the message. The medium is we've got a picture there of a wilderness. Um, it's been painted on top. Um, and for those who saw it in the foyer, out of the word rivers, we begin to see some lines. And then I know this is crazy. We're going to go agile. We're moving over here. Thanks, Mel. You're a legend. Who reckons Mel's a legend? There's no rehearsing here. Um, that's where the river comes down. And, and painted over top of those pictures of cacti is flowers and then budding. And, it's, and, and the point of the medium and how it's been 
pulled together is to kind of display what it is to look with eyes of faith. There's a photo there. Sure, it shows a wilderness, but we can see the rivers coming. We can see the flowers budding. We can see what God is doing before he does it. So the medium is the message. You know, and I was thinking back to some of the campaigns we had done in advertising. One of my favorites as an example of this was for a, um, this amazing guy, his name is Mark Vetti. I don't know if any of you have heard of him before, but he, he trains dogs. In fact, he's trained a dog to fly a plane. That's insane, right? And he trained some dogs to drive some cars for another TV ad. So anyway, he wrote this book called Dogs In, and he came up with this whole program on how to train your dog. And who better than a guy who can teach a dog how to fly a plane and teach a dog how to drive a car? And so we thought, well, how can we um, drive a bit of buzz around this book launch? And so um, the incredible team at the agency came up with this idea with, why don't we teach the dog how to run its own social media? And so Snapchat was the thing. Um, they brought out these things called Snapchat glasses where you could press a button and it would just start recording. So we got one of our guys who was in New York to stand in a line for hours on end. I think it was like five hours or something ridiculous to get hold of these glasses because they weren't available. Shipped them to us. We got them modified and hacked. So basically it had this little bar on the side that the dog could use its paw to push down and then it automatically starts recording. And so um, Mark Vetti taught the dog how to do this and then took the dog to events. And so, you know, you'd have one event and the dog is just turning on Snapchat and then Mark's being the, the host at the front and talking and then, you know, the dog would just choose whatever it would want to see every day. I think the only time there was a heart attack, almost, was when um, the dog turned Snapchat on and then bolted for a river. Um, and we thought, uh-oh, this whole idea is going to go uh, into the river, literally into the drink. But no, we managed to salvage it. Anyway, the medium was the message. You know, we're telling a message of this is an incredible um, resource for training your dog. And what better way to demonstrate it than through a dog running its own social media? So, yeah, the whole thought is about the form and the method that we communicate the information has an impact on the message. And believe it or not, Jesus, actually, it's not believe it or not. We should believe it because Jesus is God and he is so wise and he is the master communicator. Like it blows my mind when I think about just so few words, but so profound. Anyway, 2,000 years earlier, Jesus had a similar message where he was saying, the method is the message. He was saying that we, as followers of him, are the message. So what I want to encourage you to do this morning is to grab your Bibles. Maybe you got the Bible app like Rob this morning. Maybe you got your physical one. Why don't we get it out? And we're going to turn to Matthew 5. And what I want to encourage you with this morning is, you know, sometimes we have heard something a hundred times and we, we kind of listen and we go, oh, yeah, and you nod and you go, I know what that's all about. Um, and then maybe your mind starts to wander to, oh, I wonder what's happening on those Instagram stories. Or maybe you're thinking about, what's for lunch? I'm hungry. Well, 
I want to encourage you this morning, even if you've heard this a hundred times, let's pause and listen like it's the first time, okay? We're going to listen like it's the first time because I believe God wants to say something to us as the church. So we're going to Matthew chapter 5, and we find Jesus on a hill. There's been a massive crowd, but he he goes up on the mountainside and he sits down and his disciples come to him and he chooses this moment to say some very profound things. And I love that Matthew captured all of this. He was one of Jesus' disciples so that we have it today. And we're starting at verse 13. And he says this, you, just picture yourself on that mountainside. He's speaking to you as a follower of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, well, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You, that is you as a follower of Jesus, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. And listen to this and praise your Father in heaven. You know, no doubt you've heard this passage before that we are salt and light. Jesus is saying we are the message. Let's begin with the salt. You know, sometimes we've got to pause for a moment and really dive in and, and see, what, see what God is saying here. So, you know, salt was incredibly important in, 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 in the ancient world, just as much as actually it's important today. Salt is powerful. You know, the power of salt is in its difference, okay? The power of the salt is in its difference. The power in us as we are the message is in our difference as we follow Jesus and we live the way he's called us to as we allow God to work in and through us. The power is in our difference. The power is in the difference of salt. You know, salt has a couple of amazing qualities. My favorite being the fact that salt enhances flavor. And as I say that, I'm thinking of Lance, who was on keys this morning over there. Lance is an incredible cook, both him and Essie. They love food, and I love going to their house. <laughs> I especially loved, actually, over New Year's, where we spent some time together at um, the, the batch, and um, they did most of the cooking. It was a beautiful thing. And salt is a critical ingredient, right, Lance? Yeah, for cooking. It enhances flavor. You know, not only is salt beautiful, I'm thinking Salt Bay on Instagram right now is this, you know, just a few grains of salt over a beautiful steak just changes the whole steak. Uh, not only is it beautiful for uses like that, but, you know, we've got this family tradition where we make pancakes on, um, on the weekend for the kids. And even, you know, a good pancake recipe actually has a little bit of salt in it. It helps to enhance the sweetness. You know, my auntie had this great chocolate sauce recipe for pancakes. And within it, again, it has salt because it enhances the sweetness. 
you know, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as we go out, it only needs a few of us, but we enhance the flavor. We enhance the sweetness around us in our culture, in our world, in our workplace, in our schools, in our families. We enhance the sweetness. You know, another thing it does for flavor is it actually suppresses bitterness. What a thought that as followers of Jesus, we are the salt that wherever we are, we can suppress the bitterness around us just because we are there. You know, I say it all the time, but, you know, God works in us, not just for us, but to work through us. It's always about more than us. So salt, it enhances flavor. Another thing it does, and it was so important in the ancient world, is to preserve. You know, salt helps to set back decay. And, you know, just even a little bit, even a little bit of salt, us going out helps to set back decay. You know, the decay that comes from sin, the decay that comes from just the fallen nature of the world that we live in. You know, Christ came, not only that we could have life and life abundantly, but that sin could be defeated. The hold on our life could be defeated, that we could live the way that he always purposed us to be, that, you know, all that guilt, all that shame, all those dumb things, all those addictions, those could be broken off our lives and washed away that we could become who he's called us to be. And, you know, as salt, we are the message people. We get to help preserve. We get to be the people that God is working through to set back the decay as his kingdom comes, as his will is done. You know, when I think about salt, often its influence is hidden because you only need a little bit, right? It's that element that it's, it's in and amongst. Now, there is a challenge here. It says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. What does that mean? How do we lose our saltiness? You know, I believe the key is actually in the verses before. It's the famous part called the be attitudes. If we want to be anything or have an attitude, it's this. You know, it's when we choose not to be poor in spirit. You know, another way of looking at that is realizing our need for God. You know, Jesus was describing all these things of his followers. This is how to live. So, you know, when we decide that, or we lose sight of our, our need for God, what happens? We become prideful and we become independent. Not only independent from each other as a family, as a church family, but also from God. And what happens? We start to lose that saltiness. You know, when we choose not to make room to mourn because Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. What happens? It means that we choose to chase happiness at any cost. When we do that, we begin to lose the saltiness. When we choose not to be gentleness, gentle, we start to exert power. When we choose not to hunger and thirst for righteousness, we choose to just pursue our own personal needs. You know, when we choose not to be merciful, we show strength without compassion. When we choose not to be pure in heart, we choose to be people full of deception. 
when we choose not to work for peace, we chase after personal peace without any regard for what's going on in the world around us. When we choose not to stand up, even though it might mean we might be persecuted for righteousness, you know, we choose to have weak commitment. You know, when we choose not to do these things, which Christ has called us to do, we begin to lose our saltiness. And what it says is, therefore, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and, and trampled by men. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to put forward this morning this, that we're not so much talking about salvation. We're actually talking about a loss of purpose. We lose our purpose. We lose the message that Jesus is speaking to the world through us, that people are going to walk by. People are just going to walk over it. You know, um, I heard it once said that time is critical to our testimony. You know, when you, I don't know about you, but, you know, when you get saved, sometimes people think, man, this is just going to be a phase. We'll see what happens. And then you begin to see the transforming work of God. Time is critical to our testimony. But, you know, our testimony, our reputation, respect can take time. It can take even years to build, but it can be lost in a moment. And I want to challenge us this morning to remember that we are the message, that as we live this out, it's so critical because our actions speak to the gospel. And you know what? That's what I love about this church is so many people in our Inspire family, you, is living examples of the gospel, what it looks like for God to work in and to work through. So let's quickly jump to the next one. We've got light. So he talked about salt and then he talked about light. Light throughout the Bible speaks of God's divine revelation, what he's illuminating. And, you know, um, ancient Israel saw themselves as a light as God was using them as an example of what it is to take a nation and a people and to work through them. We all know that Jesus came and said, I am the light of the world because, you know, as the son of God, he, he pointed us to God and, um, you know, he was that light in the darkness. But here, Jesus is extending it to us. He says, you that's us as Christians, that's us as followers of Jesus, are the light of the world, that we are a city on a hill. You know, we've been called to illuminate. You know, in the sense that salt is to go out and to enhance the flavor and to preserve. In the same sense, we are called to be a beacon of light. In the, in the sense that salt is often hidden in and amongst light, is a city on a hill radiating to all who see. You know, I want to challenge you with this thought this morning that, you know, some pe sometimes people won't recognize God operating in your world, but they will recognize that something is changing or something is different. You know, as salt we go out, sometimes as light, it attracts people. And, you know, that's the importance of the conversation as we're able to share. And I've seen this in my own life. And I've heard it in so many stories where, you know, somebody might come and they just might notice something different. Maybe it's your marriage and they notice that there's something different about your marriage. And maybe they've got some, some struggles or some challenges and, and, and they want to talk to you about what's going on there. That is the opportunity not to go, hey, check me out. I'm perfect. We don't have a, no one has a love like Kim and I. No, it's the perfect opportunity to share what God is doing through our marriage. 
as a light. You know, even in times like these, where from an economy point of view, it can be daunting to to jump out and, and to launch a business. But I love the stories, even within our own church, of people stepping out and God blessing that. And you know what? People might see that and not recognize God, but recognize there's something different. There's a faith, there's a confidence that will draw them for a conversation. That's called being the light. You know, I love the balance and the symmetry of what Jesus is saying here with salt and light, with our talk and with our walk. That even here it talks of even as individuals and community, you know, as as lamps in a home that's like each one of us, but also as a city across homes, across the city, across the country, even across the nations, we burn bright, that we illuminate. And remember the key thing here, so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We are the message. The way we live is the message. It points to the gospel. How does your life reflect that? Um, You know, the other week, I was having a coffee with an ex-client of mine, and um, the coffee reminded me of the importance of this. And so anyway, they had reached out because they had um, just a couple of, uh, I think they had a couple of weeks off. They've been working crazy, and they took a couple of weeks off, and, and they thought this is the perfect opportunity to kind of rest, but also catch up with some people. So they fired me a note, and um, I was like, yep, I'm free. So I headed into the city. And we caught up for coffee, and you do what you do, right? You have a little bit of small talk, and then it went straight to the big topic. And we all know what that is. Point out the elephant in the room. It's our cultural moment. It's talking about everything going on right now with COVID and restrictions and mandates and all the things that we've had to walk through. And um, it was a really interesting conversation because they were talking about how within their family, and no doubt many of us have experienced this, wherever you are on the spectrum, within their family, they were just seeing just the chaos and, um, and the conversations and um, the conflicts, and they were really struggling with what to do. You know, like many, just feeling really uncomfortable, but what can we do? Because, you know, like David wrote, you know, the blessing. Oh, man, when brothers dwell in unity, he could write that because he knew what it was like uh, to live without that unity. And I think within the last, you know, wee while, we've, we've seen across the country what it's looked like to have division and all of that. But um, you know what? They, they said to me, and I thought, man, it just brought home the whole point of this message, that we are the message. They said to me, you know, I was thinking about how can we navigate this? And I thought, I know who to talk to, Jesse, he's a pastor, he's in a church, they will be navigating this. And I thought, how incredible, it just reminds me that as the church, that is our witness, that the world should look and go, hey, if we're experiencing what life shouldn't be like, the church should represent what it looks like to do it right. And you know what's funny? You know, I would love to go, oh, you know, I have all the answers. We've done everything perfect. In fact, I'm going to write a book. No, 
Um, I was real and I was honest and I mentioned the couple of times I know that I have screwed up (laughs) as we try and navigate, as we deal with conversations. But I was able to share that as an Inspire family, as the church, this is how we move forward. And you know what? It might not look completely perfect, but what is evident is that God's grace is sufficient for us that even in our weakness, His power is shown to be strong, that you can see the working of God in and through us as we move forward. It reminded me of the importance that we are the message. And there's a great quote by um, the theologian N.T. Wright, and he says this. I printed it out. I love it. This is talking about unity and, and dealing with disagreements and the things that, you know, sometimes we need to do. And he says this. When Paul envisaged the church within its context of threats and dark patterns of behavior, you know, spoiler alert, ever since the day people, you know, met Jesus and began to follow Jesus, and then even after Jesus ascended and the disciples went out and people heard the message and that they gave their lives to God, you know, there's been problems the whole time. As a community, there's always going to be an issue. But even within the context of that, Living as a community in such a way that people look at the whole life of God's people and say to themselves, I didn't know it was possible to live like this, to live as distinct individuals. You know, each one of us with our different thoughts, wherever we lie on a spectrum and passions and convictions, but also as a unified family full of grace and concern for one another, well, that is attractive. And, you know, that's, that's my heart, and I know it's God's heart for us as a church community, that we would be attractive, that we would enhance the flavor, that we would be a light, that whether people are, their first question is, I need God, or whether it's, I need that, that they will come, and they will come to know the gospel. You know, there's, let's not beat around the bush. There's challenges within the celebrations. There's messes within the miracles. God is doing so many amazing things right now as we move forward. But I love it how Pastor Danny put it. Uh, he, he said once when he was here for a leaders meeting, he said this, you know, even on the ark, there is a whole lot of elephant poo every day to clean. <laughs> even on the ark, a metaphor for salvation at a place where people can come and be saved. The, you know, the 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 method in which God brings salvation, there was even just a ton of elephant poo to clean up every day. And, you know, I had a bit of fun. I went and found a book called um, How Much Poo Do Elephants Do and Other Fascinating Facts. What a great title. It's the title of a book. How Much Poo Does an Elephant Do and Other Fascinating Facts. Here we go. An elephant poos 20 kg worth a day. Okay? So if we're going with two elephants, that's 40 kg. Let's forget the other animals. I would be sick of doing that. And you know what? That's what I love about the family of God is we're on this journey together. And you know what? There might be challenges. There might be messes to clean up. But God is good, right? And we get in there together and we do it together. You know, um, a, a famous pastor, Eugene Patterson, once said that, you know, we're two or more or gathered. There's going to be problems. (laughs) 
<laughs> How true is that? We're two or more together. There's going to be some problems. But God is good. He's loving. He's faithful. And he's bringing us forward because we are the message. We are the salt and we are the light. And, you know, I'm mindful of time this morning and we're not, we're not going to spend a lot of time there. But this is your homework this week, okay? You're going to read Matthew 5, what it looks like, the Beatitudes, to live the life that God has purposed for us. You're going to read Matthew 5, salt and light, and you're going to reflect on what it is to live as that. And the other thing you're going to read is Galatians 5 and Galatians 6, because, you know, this is just an example of what it looks like to live as salt and light, and I've been reflecting on it this week, and I know some people love points, so I'll quickly share something so you can have three points, okay? Um, we're going to start in verse 1 of 6, and it says this. This is just dealing with the mess as we go, and I love it. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's the way we're meant to live. Because if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself and each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. You know, even as we point out that elephant in the room, which is our cultural moment at this time, here is some great advice as we work backwards in this. Number one, look at yourself first. You know, each one should test his own actions then he can take pride in himself without comparing to somebody else. Look at yourself first. Number two, listen for hurt and perspective. As it said in verse two, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, we are called to be there for each other. And at different times, we're going to need each other. Sometime I'm going to need someone and I'll be there for you too. We're going to carry each other's burdens. What are those things um, that we need to listen for? And number three, this is the most important one because we sometimes start here and we do this badly. But brothers, I love that language. He's talking about us as family, brothers and sisters. If someone is caught in sin, this word sin is not just as we read in chapter five, like witchcraft and debauchery and all that crazy stuff or selfish ambition and dissensions and factions. It actually even speaks of doing things unintentionally. You know, the truth is sometimes people do things and we think they've got an agenda behind it, but sometimes they just do stuff. And that's why we've got to do this gently. It says, if someone's caught in sin, you who are spiritual, restore them gently. The importance of doing it gently. But I love this. That word restore is used elsewhere to mend nets, to set bones that have been fractured. You know, we are a family and we help each other out because then we can move forward. We can return to our purpose, that we can be nets, that we can, you know, be there as God brings in, um, brings in the harvest, that we can be, uh, you know, broken bones healed again, you know. God gave me a vision of even going through the season as a nation, as a church, that God was going to open up wounds that they could heal properly. 
This is what we get to do together. And the last thing here, you know, we can read that word spiritual and just think it means one of the pastors or somebody who's like super, super spiritual. Literally, that word means of the Spirit. A couple of verses before it talks about that when we have the Spirit, let's walk in step with the Spirit together, like an army, walking in step. And you know what is the fruit of being spiritual, which it talks to a couple of verses before? It is to exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Here's that word again, gentleness and self-control. Doesn't that speak to being the message as we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, as we are filled with the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit leads us? One of the most important prayers I pray every day, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, work through me as we exhibit that love and that patience and that peace. Then we can truly be gentle. We can truly, when there's something we can address, we can do it together. And we can continue to be the message of the gospel. As Lance comes to play the keys, thanks, mate. I want to leave you with this quote. I think it's important. It's by Bill Johnson, and he writes this. It is one thing to see an individual with great faith. You know, possibly there's a number of people that popped in your mind, especially someone like Pastor Don. I'm thinking of right now in, in Tauranga. He will be just beginning the second service this morning there and, and, you know, God, we just pray. Yeah, let's take a moment right now. God, we just pray that even as he uh, speaks again for the second time this morning, God, I want to thank you that there's a whole new set of people in there. And God, I just pray that you would move. God, I thank you that you, no no doubt, you moved before, but I pray that you would do something special and significant in that church this morning, that you would unlock things in that church this morning that God, I know that they're they're passionate about evangelism right now. Lord, I just pray that you would take them to a whole new level in seeing people come to know you, to come to know your goodness and your love and your faithfulness. And God, I thank you that it says in your word that you even back up the word with signs and wonders. And I pray that you would do incredible things in that church this morning in Tauranga. But, you know, maybe you can think of an individual and it's, it's one thing to see one with great faith. But listen to this. It is quite another to see the same from a company of people. You know, the sum of us is greater than any one of us. It's, it's something to see someone, one person, set on fire for Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But it's another thing to see a church family together. It's one thing to see a lamp and a home lighting it up. It's another thing to see a city in the darkness at nighttime lit up homes across a country, across a nation, not just a city, across a nation, across the globe. It's another thing to see a company of people filled with faith. And that's what we're called to be, Inspire Church family, a company of people filled with faith, operating in faith, not just a senior leader, 
not just an iGroup leader, not just a worship leader, not just a piano player, not just a camera operator, but a church family. Not just mums and dads or granddads or, or ministers, but teachers, but kids and students, each one of us. Not only operating in faith and speaking out, but lives that echo the gospel. That is what we're called to be. Yeah, right across this place, wherever you are, in your living room, whoever you're with, maybe you're one of our church home hubs this morning, maybe you're sitting next to the rest of your family, maybe it's just you in your bed on your device. Let's make the most of this moment, okay? Because I believe that God is doing something. And I'm reminded of his word that it says, as his word goes out, it does not return void, but it will achieve his purpose. So why don't we join together in prayer? You know, you might want to do something physically this morning to connect with this prayer. You know, often in the building, we open up an altar so that you can move forward. Maybe if you're at home, you want to stand up. Maybe it's just placing your hand on your heart. Maybe it's just lifting your hand up the ultimate sign of surrender, whatever that is, I want you to connect with us right now. Don't be a spectator. Be a participator. But God, in this moment, oh, in this moment, I just thank you that, Lord, I can feel your presence here. But I just pray for every person watching that you would bring about an awareness of your presence with them. And God, I want to thank you for what you are challenging in us as a church family. And God, we just want to say that we are open for you to do whatever you want to do. God, have your way in us. Lord, maybe for some, they're sitting there and thinking about, man, you know, when I hear the fruits of the Spirit, when I hear the Beatitudes, I just don't feel like I'm living that right now. Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient. You know, the best time to start is today. And God, I just pray that you would do a work in their heart, that you would restore, God, what's been taken away, what's fallen away, that you would restore. God, I pray for every person this morning, God, who is feeling tired and is feeling stretched, maybe even feeling lonely. And God, I thank you that right now that you are bringing strength to their bones because your grace is sufficient. God, you're bringing strength for the stretch because your grace is sufficient. In fact, right now, even as we're praying, this is a word for you if this is what you're feeling, that God's grace is sufficient for you. If he's called you to this, he's gonna give you the grace to walk it out. You know, if He is leading you in this season, and I know sometimes we go through tough seasons, He has given you the strength. He has given you everything you need to walk it out. But, but God, I just pray that if, if there are feelings of loneliness, that you would open up their eyes to see that there is more with them, that we are a church family. God, I pray that even now, even as we're listening, Maybe as I shared that story about the coffee and 
and our witness about, you know, what it is to be the church and to walk through conflict and maybe even hearing those couple of points and feeling challenged. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring about restoration of relationships. That God, if, if, if it's about bringing a, a, a challenge with the truth and love, Lord, I pray that you'd give the right words. Even if it's realizing that we've missed the mark, that God, that you would bring us back to the path, Lord, that we would be able to journey together in this season. In Jesus' name. You know, maybe even you're listening this morning and you're thinking, I have actually never made a decision to follow Jesus and I have absolutely no idea how I found myself on this stream. Maybe it was shared by somebody you know on social. And I want to say that Jesus loves you more than you could ever fathom. That even if you look at your own life and you dive deep within and you begin to see the mess, you know what? This is what the grace of the cross is all about, that God came 2,000 years ago to make the greatest cosmic statement out, that you can be forgiven, that you can know Him, and that you can move forward. And you know, right now, maybe your heart is beating, maybe you're sitting there and you're going, man, I want this. I've got the good news today. It's just a decision away. And I want to encourage you right now in this moment, even even put your hand on your heart and just say, Jesus, that's me. Maybe you're watching this and you've walked away from God. This is your moment. Just put your hand on your heart and go, Jesus, he's talking about me. Here I am. You know, it's as simple in this moment to step forward as saying a prayer like this, where you just go, dear Lord Jesus, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of doing my own thing. I want to thank you for the cross that you came to make a way that I could, through your sacrifice that paid for my sin, I could be set free, that the slate could be wiped clean. Lord, I want to thank you that you rose again to defeat sin and death, that I could have life and life abundantly, that I could know you. And God, I choose you this morning. I choose to follow you. You know, if you've made a decision like that, if you've said yes in this moment, I want to encourage you. Take another step. It's as simple as even going to inspirechurchnz.com slash yes. And we've got uh, uh, just a, a simple form where you can just put in your name and, a, and an email address. And that's an opportunity for us to connect with you. You know, we mentioned it the other week. I think it was like at last count, something like 88 through that page. People just like you making a decision. And not just New Zealand, even though we're talking Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch and, and, and Hamilton. But we're also talking about the Philippines. We're also talking about uh, the U.S. Like people just like you making a decision. And we'd love to connect with you and encourage you. You'll get... Uh, some emails like tomorrow morning, I think the first one that comes in your inbox says, thank God that His mercies are new every morning because who knows, you can make a decision like today and maybe do something dumb tonight <laughs> and wake up and realize that God's mercies are new every morning, that we just every day is a decision to say yes. 
And we'd love to connect with you and get, and get to know you and encourage you. Yeah. Well, church family, let's make the most of this moment. If you are in a home, hub, why don't you take this moment right now to talk about the message and pray for one another? Maybe someone needs healing. Maybe somebody has an issue that they want to talk about and get prayer for. Make the most of this moment. Maybe it's just you and the family. I loved hearing the story of um, Diane and Brody the other Sunday turning towards each other and going, let's pray for each other. And it was Diane and Brody. This is your opportunity. Turn to your family member and go, let's not let this moment go. Let's pray together. Maybe you're at home by yourself. I want to encourage you, rather than going straight to Instagram and going through Instagram stories or seeing what else is going on, pause. Let God to continue to speak to you. And church family, I'm looking forward to announcing what we do next over the next few weeks. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to share some photos. We'll get to that of what the flooding looks like and what the building looks like right now. Um, but more importantly, I'm looking forward to in a couple of weeks where we can gather together in greater numbers and be a family together. Not just a family scattered, but a family together. That's going to be a celebration. Come on, but have a blessed week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.